Hello everyone, well, my name is Andrew Bowles and welcome to our teaching time this week. I really love epic stories. Uh, many of you know that The Lord of the Rings is one of my favourite books of all time and I really do appreciate stories of that kind. These big, uh, long novels with lots of characters, lots of action and adventure. Uh, stories that you can lose yourself in over a summer. And I'm sure many of us will be stocking up for those as we prepare for our long delayed holidays uh, very soon. I say this because, to me, the book we're about to look at part of uh, in the next six weeks, the book of Isaiah, is the epic book of the Old Testament. Isaiah is uh, one of the largest books in the Old Testament, and it's an incredibly uh, rich and full description of God's work in the world and his work for his people. So we're going to be looking at part of that today, and I'll tell you in a minute what that's going to be. But just before we do that, let's think about Isaiah and why it's worth looking at. Uh, Isaiah is, as I said, it's one of the largest books in the Bible, and it's a book of prophecy written by a man named Isaiah, who was uh, a religious leader in Jerusalem. And Isaiah, for many, many years, uh, wrote to his people, talking to them about what God was doing uh, and saying in their midst, in a very difficult time in the life of this nation. So Isaiah was living and writing in the 7th and 6th centuries, in a period just before and during the exile of the people of Jerusalem into Babylon. They were conquered by this empire and taken away into exile. And this was a defining time for these people, a time of crisis and a time when their faith in God was tested. Those of us who've gone through 2020 can understand what it means to live through a time of crisis that defines uh, the life of a nation. And so Isaiah wrote his prophecy, which is words from God and encouragements to his people in the midst of this difficult and defining time of destruction and exile. The book of Isaiah, uh, some people believe, was written by more than one person over a period of time, uh, and there are maybe a couple of different sections within it. That's really something for PhD students to worry about, not for us as we're looking at it. So we'll just talk about Isaiah uh, when we look at the whole book <laughs> that uh, bears his name. And so the themes that Isaiah takes up as he speaks to his people uh, are many and varied, but they include the idea and this, that became more and more clear to the people of uh, Judah and Jerusalem throughout the exile, that the God that they worshipped, their God, uh, was also the universal God and creator of the whole world. And so Isaiah is very strong in teaching his people to understand the, the awesome scope of God's power and his creative work. Isaiah is also very keen for people to understand the holiness of God and what he demands of his people as a holy people. Isaiah speaks to us about the way that God uh, looks over human history, the rise and fall of empires, and the movements of people and our hopes and aspirations, and how all of that is caught up into God's wisdom and God's powerful plan. And finally, Isaiah speaks very clearly that God's plan is to bless the whole world to heal and to bring salvation, and that he will do so through the people that he has chosen. So Isaiah, covering all these themes, is a very rich book. It's not a snack for us just to get, on, to get a little bit into. It's a feast. It's a feast of many courses and many different, uh, uh, many different themes are brought out over the course of this book. So we're not going to be looking at the whole of Isaiah. We're going to be looking at a small uh, part of it, perhaps just one course of Isaiah. So we're going to be looking at passages 
in Isaiah called the Servant Songs. Now, the Servant Songs are very famous uh, parts of this book, and they're contained in what many people describe as the second section of Isaiah, chapters 40 through 55. And these are some of the most significant and best-loved portions of the Old Testament, a section where God speaks very clearly to his people, words of comfort, words of blessing, and words of salvation. And so within this section, the servant songs are poems that introduce and describe a new figure into Israelite history, the figure of the servant, someone who will bring about God's purposes in the world and save and rescue his people. The servant songs were very influential in the development of the idea of a messiah or the coming king or leader who was going to bring about God's purposes in the world. And the servant songs provide a lot of background understanding for how Jesus spoke about his own ministry in the New Testament and how the other New Testament writers and the apostles understood what Jesus had come to do and in fact what he had done. So for us, the servant songs are a great way of understanding in a much deeper way how God is working in history, how he works in us, his purposes and plans for the world, and how we can be part of that. And I think it's a really good way for us to prepare to celebrate Christmas uh, in just a short period of time as we prepare to think about what does it mean for God to come into the world in Jesus Christ. If you look through the servant songs, you see that they're actually not... Uh, they don't contain a whole lot of detail about this person, this figure of the servant, including really a description of who the servant is. So one of the big questions that uh, biblical scholars wrestle with and have wrestled with is who is Isaiah actually referring to when he talks about this servant? And so there are many different opinions about who the servant is supposed to be in Isaiah's mind. Some people believe that Isaiah was thinking of a contemporary figure, perhaps a king or another prophet, or another leader in the life of Israel, someone who had very significant impact in the life of uh, the people at that time. Others believe that the servant is actually meant to be a symbolic figure, someone who represents even the nation of Israel itself, or God's faithful people in their calling in the world and what they're called to do. So the servant might be just a, a picture for a group of people. Christians have, of course, often seen the figure of the servant as a direct prophecy of the coming of Jesus himself, which was obviously something that was fulfilled in his day. Personally, I think there's part of all of those are probably true, that Isaiah's experience of being inspired by God and understanding this figure of the servant uh, perhaps was not directly knowing that Jesus himself was going to come. But I believe that Isaiah received from God a, a revelation or an inspiration of the type of figure or that, who would bring salvation to the world and really a description of the nature of God's plans for his people. The servant is a figure who brings together a lot of things uh, that look forward to what God's going to do and I think Isaiah got a hint of that in his own time. So all, there are four servant songs generally considered. We're going to look at this over six weeks because the last one is very long and we're going to break it into two parts and we're going to add one on the end that's a possibly a servant song as well and that will get us to Christmas. So today we're looking at the first servant song which we, as we can see we find in Isaiah 42 verses 1 to 9. And so this is the first introduction of this character, the servant, in uh, Isaiah's prophecy and helps us to get into that. 
So we can see here, Isaiah begins with words that give us a description of the characteristics of this figure, the servant, and who the servant is going to be. So we hear, the servant is someone who is greatly favoured by God. So God delights in him, we hear. God upholds the servant in his life. We hear that the servant is full of God's spirit. The servant will bring justice to the world. And in character, the servant will be gentle, will be a patient leader, not a warrior, but a teacher, the kind of person who carefully draws people to know God and to know him better. And so this is the, the characteristics of the servant, and they'll be amplified in coming songs. And then we see God speaks a word to this servant, affirming that the servant's coming and his work will, will flow from God's own character himself. So we're reminded in this uh, song that God is the creator. As I said, Isaiah is very convinced God is the creator of the whole world. God is the Lord of righteousness and wants people to know how to live. And God also makes promises, it says, a covenant of salvation with the world. And in the, in because of this plan, because of this promise that God made, he is going to bring something new into the world. Out of this season of exile, out of this season of suffering, a new thing and a new season will come and the servant will be part of that. This first servant song is not a long uh, piece of scripture, but it's very hard to describe how much is behind it. It is very rich in, in what it brings together from the rest of the Old Testament. So behind the servant song, uh, we can hear things like the stories of creation in the book of Genesis, which we looked at earlier this year. We can hear echoes of God's um, worship in the temple and the tradition of that, uh, the kingship of King David in particular, and the promises uh, that came out of that uh, experience of God working through a king, the law of Moses, and the promises that were made at that time. So the servant songs actually uh, focus a lot of the hopes of the Old Testament together in a very short way. But basically what this song is saying uh, to the people in exile in Babylon is that in the midst of this exile, in the midst of this destruction, out of this hopeless time, a new thing is going to come. God's power, God's grace and God's love is still working in his people's lives and he will bring a new thing out of this because he is the creator and also the saviour. And this work is going to be focused on this figure of the servant, a humble person, a person of justice, a teacher, not a warrior, not a conqueror necessarily, that's thought about later, but here, someone who is a blessing for the whole world and will lead God's people in that way. I just want us to imagine for a second what it would be like to receive this servant song as a member of the people of Israel in Jerusalem, for uh, to hear these words from Isaiah and to understand their meaning. I imagine it would be like if we put ourselves in the mindset of someone who is perhaps in the middle of the desert. You know, you're stranded, no water, no food, delirious with heat, about to give up and say, I'm gone. But then, in the distance, we see a figure coming over the hill, a shadowy figure, perhaps just someone we see the outline, someone waving to us, and we know that help is coming. And I think that the servant song is actually uh, something that grasps something of that feeling. It is a bit vague, but it's an allusion to this hope that is coming 
and the sense of what it will look like when it comes, the promise of salvation for God's people. So Isaiah saw this promise uh, as a shadow, as something coming in the distance and, and said to his people, this hope is on the way, God's servant is coming. And Christians, as, we, as I've said, we're very keen to understand Jesus in the light of this because if we do look at what we've talked about as the characteristics of the servant, we can see that they actually very much fit the description of Jesus and how he talked about himself. So Jesus, the one whom God loves, favoured by God, his son, a special blessing from God, full of God's spirit, a man known for gentleness and patience with people, calling people to be healed and to know God again, a teacher, not a man of violence, someone with a mission for the whole world, passionate for justice and to see transformation uh, throughout the world and a blessing to the nations. This is why Christians saw Jesus as the fulfilment of this prophecy, and I believe we can too. We've actually thought a lot this week uh, about what it means to be uh, a hoped-for leader or a servant. Many of us have been uh, spending a lot of time thinking about overseas elections and what it means for someone to be a leader of a great nation, to unite them and to bring them into a new future. And this is what the servant songs are meant to point to, the kind of leadership and the kind of work that will bring healing, peace and justice to the world, something that as humans we find it very hard to hope for. What the servant songs tell us is that when God brings healing, when God brings a leader, it is someone who is a servant. And Jesus uh, taught about this, and we can see in the Gospels, for instance, in Matthew chapter 25, verses 25 to 28, sorry, Matthew 20, verses 25 to 28, Jesus says, He called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles are lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And of course, Jesus acted this out, both in his actual actions in his ministry, and also we can see the symbolic action, perhaps, of the foot washing at the Last Supper, where he showed his disciples that God's leader, God's king, would be the servant, the one who serves others and is a blessing to the world. And so the servant songs, as we hear them, as the people in Babylon heard them all those years ago, for a people in exile, they tell us that God's path of salvation, it doesn't begin with a demonstration of power, but it begins with God's commitment to service, to love, and to looking after his people. So, as we do approach Christmas, we think, well, why did Jesus come? What was the purpose of his mission? Well, one thing is, we learn from here, that he came to be this servant, this figure who will demonstrate God's ways to the world and to begin this work of salvation that Isaiah foresaw all those years before. So in Jesus, this shadowy outline in the distance, this servant figure that Isaiah saw, becomes a real person that can be touched, that can be heard, that can be seen, that can be experienced. A real person giving the real need, the real help in the need that we have. 
So yes, I do think Jesus is the servant because that's the way that God works through people and that's what Isaiah learned. But I also believe that the servant is a bigger figure than that. It is a symbol. It is an image that's helpful to us because Jesus is the servant, but as followers of Jesus, we are the servants too. We are servants too. I think it's true if we're Christians, we're followers of Jesus, that everything that's true of Jesus in his nature is supposed to be true of us by grace or by following him. So everything that's true of Jesus by his nature is to be true of us by grace. So Jesus is the servant, God's servant by nature, but he calls us to be servants too and to embody this image as his people. And so our calling, if we're Christians, is to be servants individually and to live out this image and these songs in the way that we, we interact with the world. And also as a church, corporately, to be like the servant, embodying in our community the vision that God has for justice and salvation to be brought around the world as well. And as we'll see in the following songs, that's a hard path, actually, to be the servant. It was hard for Jesus, and it is hard for those who follow him. It's not an easy one, but it's God's way. So the servant songs, how do they speak to us? Well, are we in exile as the people of Jerusalem were? Well, I believe, yes, we are. In an obvious sense, we are in exile from our normal lives due to the pandemic, and we don't know necessarily when we're going to return to the way things were. But in a deeper sense, all of us are in exile from our true life with God. That's the human condition. And we are waiting for the hope that we can go back to the way things should be. So in the midst of that experience, those experiences, the servant songs remind us, God is present. God is still the creator, the Lord of the world. And he has a plan. As it says in verses five to six, God is the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads the earth, out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. So God is still at work, even in exile, even in suffering, and even in experiences of great loss and failure. And it is actually true, the servant song says, that in fact we can see in the midst of those experiences God's true creative power because he can bring new things out of them. As it says, See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Out of the experiences of exile, a new thing can come, and God will do this, and he will do that through the work of his servant, through Jesus and through those who follow him. So encourage us this week as we consider and meditate on this song, to set our hopes not on political leaders, however gifted they may be, and however good their character and intention might be, but to set our hopes on the servant, on Jesus Christ, the one who serves the whole world, as God intended. The servant has come, but he is still coming and he is still uh, working among us. And as we approach the season of Advent and Christmas, that's what we're celebrating. And as we do so, let us remember that it's our calling to be servants too in this world that God loves and wants to save.